0: Welcome back, everybody. We are back with yet another week of our silly little podcast.
1: <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Uh, just going to be Paul and Kristoff today. Um, if you guys haven't listened or watched last week's episode, um, it's very different from our normal format. We had individual named Matt on the podcast, and we went through his training and food, and you know, kind of saw what he was doing to see if there's anything that we could suggest that, um, you know, could help him get out of the plateau that he's in. Um, So definitely check that out. It's called Financial Audit, number one, Matt A. Um, He's my coworker that I work with on an everyday basis, obviously. And uh, I've been checking in with him throughout the week. And from what we wrote him, um, he's really, really loving it. Um, He's not nearly spending as much time in the gym. For those that haven't watched, he usually spent like a couple hours lifting every day. He's not nearly spending as much time now. And he just loves the lifts every single time. Um, it's not he's not overdoing it anymore. Um, he's able to train with efficiency and effectiveness essentially, um, because he's not doing so much. Um, you know, it is like we, we addressed it last episode. He had a coach that wrote everything down and he it sucks that he wasted the money on that coach considering like the, the program she wrote for him was just not very effective. Um, there was some good stuff that we kept in there, but it was just really, really overdoing it, way too much volume. Um, so he told me this week that he ended up, I don't know if it was this week or previously, he said that he wasn't going to keep working with her and she got super butt hurt about it. Um, but that's, I mean, most coaches are like that. Um, very A lot of coaches are very emotional about their clients. Um So I I know plenty of coaches who start shit and cause drama and whatnot when a client leaves them, even though it's almost never personal when a client leaves them.
0: So, Which is the really unfortunate side of things.
1: Yeah, like it it wasn't anything that she did wrong. Do we disagree with the way that she wrote his training? Yeah, but like he moved on just because it's just it wasn't the right fit. And yeah, you could say, oh, that's about him, but that's what it's all about. He's not working with her for her. He's working with her for him. So yeah. You got to understand that with, as a coach. And sometimes even in the bodybuilding world, like coaches will lose clients, um, because something's not working and it's not because of anything personal. It's just, look, I need to make a change for myself. And I think that, you know, moving this other coach might be a good fit. And I'm going to try this out for a little bit and it's nothing against you and they'll still fucking cause shit. It's so retart- retarded. Um, I don't know. We're not supposed to say that word, but it's fucking true. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So anyways, that's just the update on last week's episode. So definitely check it out. We're going to try to do that um, on a regular basis. Um, my guess is probably once a month. Um, I think I would love it if we could do it every couple weeks or so, but um, we'd run out of people probably pretty quick because that's like, well, like 26 people a year. We're going to need to audit. So <laughs> I think one, one person a month is definitely a lot more doable.
0: And I mean, we have, you know, lots of people in the gym world, but at the same time, we're going to run out of, you know, people we know pretty quick we can can start bringing people we don't know, but then it's not the same.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think once a month would be good. And then like, like for, for Matt, for instance, we might check in in a couple months. So like, we might do like one person, one month and then two months later, we'll check in with them. So like kind of alternate. So do like person A, then person B, and then check in with person A, then check in with person B and then go back and do new people you know so yeah. um and then we could have matt maybe re- recurring every like six months or something and we'll we'll audit it see how he's doing and then change it up or
0: something i don't know we'll figure it out No, but, we, we'll, we'll change it up and make him audit someone on the podcast <laughs> yeah
1: yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll teach him the ways of the fitness audit um yeah. but yeah so uh how's been training going man we haven't really talked about your training lately or anything
0: yeah, and it's been, you know, I'm back on my doing my own plan. Um I do mm-hmm. still use a lot of what was given to me, but um I really started to lock in with a ton of different uh unilateral movement things. Um even though I mean I'm still training both sides now, but I'm doing a lot of uh one-sided exercises. So like uh yesterday you're still was doing that you're saying? What's that?
1: You're saying you're still doing that?
0: Yeah, I mean, okay. now I'm adding in the other side, but I'm still doing yeah. like single arm movement or single side movement things. So I like yesterday it was moving over. Yeah, you know, you're still exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yesterday was back. And when I do my rows, like, for example, long rows, I'll take a uh, handle and I do one side at a time because I just lock in a lot better. My muscle is way better in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. In words of Arnold, I have become the muscle. And and, uh, so it's been good. Um, Mm -hmm. I just have to, now that I don't have a person that I pay, I now feel my consistency. I mean, I'm still in the gym four times a week, but now I'm talking to, or I'm talking a little bit more in my my workouts. Um, I'm getting carried away with the silly things in my workouts, so I need to uh, lock back in a little bit. Um, it's mm-hmm. nothing that's, you know, I'm, I'm still getting my work done. It's not like I'm throwing in the towel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also worked out with a couple people this week, so that might be part of it. Um, I don't really yeah. work out with many people anymore. Um, so now that I've worked out with two people this week, that probably has a decent amount of the credit towards my silliness in there. But
1: yeah, especially cause you know, I mean, I know that you live with some of like your best friends and my best friends. So it's like it's it's even harder, you know? Mm-hmm. If you have like a training partner that you only go to the gym with and you guys lift pretty frequently so you don't really talk too much. You just lift that's one thing. But then like like if I come up there and we train it's gonna be a long training session because we never train. You
0: know? Yeah. Exactly. So and uh I guess the best update is that I finally got to deadlifting again which um mm-hmm. With my broken hand was not possible, um, so we we were able to do that. I didn't do super duper heavy. I maxed at uh, three fifteen, so it's not like that's, I went super. I well, mean, that's
1: to you. That's not a lot, but a lot of people find that really, really heavy.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, from back when I was deadlifting consistently, um, yeah, three fifteen was what my second set. Maybe a second warm up set, something like that. Cause I like to uh, four, four, four plates and then four and a half plates was my working set. So it was a little how bit. How many reps? Uh, working sets for me are going between, you're failing between six and eight.
1: Damn, that's actually a lot of weight.
0: Yeah. You're pushing um, a lot of weight,
1: especially for deadlifts. That's crazy.
0: Uh, sir, I'm pulling a lot of weight. Could you? Yeah, please yeah, get it yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. But the one thing is that my hand did spaz out a couple of times, so I had to throw the Mm -hmm. wrist wrap on. And I know we talked about it yesterday, but uh, I threw the wrist wrap on even when I was doing uh, 225, which for me Mm -hmm. is, I mean, that thing moves fairly easily. So the fact that I had to do that was a little bit of a step back for me. Um, But it just took all the, it took everything out of it. I could just lock in, you know, mentally with my back and really crush the the reps um so Mm -hmm. overall i'm excited to be deadlifting again i did rack pulls for a long long time with with the coach because uh there was a form issue with my uh, deadlifts but uh the buddy i worked out with yesterday didn't really notice anything too too bad out of my form so we're just gonna keep rocking with that for now nice you ever seen the um the the hook lifting straps I yeah, so when I uh when I had my broken hand and I was still going to the gym, uh my coach actually brought a fairly uh fairly up there bodybuilder around, um, who does more so traveling. So like he 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 travels to different gyms as a bodybuilder and you know, does different blogs about it and different things like that. His Instagram is pretty big for that. Um Mm -hmm. and so when he was there he was actually talking to me about how I can literally throw it on a hard cast and still do like curls and stuff with it
1: yeah yeah because the claw grips there it's a metal piece of metal that actually does the lifting essentially or the grip at least for you so it's something to consider because you'd be pulling essentially from your wrist so i mean how you would do it with curls i have no idea um (laughs) because it's it's like you're it's like you're gripping with just four fingers you know you're not using your thumb essentially so i don't know how curls would work but um for a lot of stuff you can really incorporate the 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 hooks um especially for like deadlifts like so that you're not pulling from your hand really at all like you could still use it to balance but like you don't need to worry about it really hurting your hand too much i had them at one point and i I bought them thinking that they were um basically like uh straps like not really like your regular straps like the ones where you wrap right around the bar like the ones that um they they're like the the ones I was thinking of are Cobra grips, but they're like, basically they come around the front. It's like a piece of leather and you grab the piece of leather. It's, it's super easy to get attached. I thought I was buying those, but I ended up buying hooks and I was like, yeah, fuck (laughs) it. I'll try it. And it was cool, but it doesn't work on your grip at all, obviously. So it's like, they have their uses. And I think your situation is definitely like a perfect use case.
0: Yeah. And you know, I don't have to use it for much. Like a lot of what I do, I can grip again. Um, Even on like heavy, if I did like a heavy set for like even lat pulldowns or even pull ups, like for me, that's like a tender area in terms of how I'm gripping it. But even that now doesn't really bother me. Um, Only thing is I'm not, I'm not boxing for cardio anymore because I can't really throw a left hook anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I got to, I got to keep doing my, uh, my regular cardio and uh, yeah. I recommend giving boxing a try if you've if you've never given that a try for cardio, because that's a wild workout. Even if you just do heavy bag or speed bag for, you know, five minutes, you're out you're walking out of there in a dead just a complete dead sweat. Yep.
1: Yeah, that is uh pretty difficult. I can tell you that for sure.
0: Um And then if you yeah, start it's... sparring with someone, that's a whole other thing too, because now you're taking yeah. body shots.
1: <laughs> yeah, you gotta and you gotta keep your core tight and shit so you're not getting. Uh-huh. Your... Intestines ruined <laughs> yeah but yeah that's difficult for sure um anything else that you've like updated in the past like week or so like is there anything that you changed up like nope uh, go to the motion diet
0: wise, the only change i made was i changed mm-hmm. from uh chicken breast to chicken thighs um i did that mm-hmm. just for the uh a little bit i mean it's still is protein packed but there's a little bit higher fat levels because uh, i'm not eating as much uh yogurt in my diet now mm-hmm. um so that kind of helps me balance it and it's also a lot easier for me when i do my meal prep because i can just bake the chicken thighs whereas with the chicken breast i was cutting them up and i was doing all that work and now i can just toss them in and forget about it
1: yeah um, i love so... chicken
0: thighs. oh yeah You're so good. I'm I'm also seasoning food again. I'm not just doing salt and pepper. Um Mm -hmm. I've been I I found a nice chili lime one that I've been using and uh it's nice to be able to season food again.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I like to me when you were working with your coach, it didn't really make sense to not season it. Like, I can understand not putting like heavy calorie sauces and shit on it or like doing a lot of like sugar based seasonings I can understand yeah. staying away from those but like even when I'm in prep right now essentially I'm still putting seasoning on my chicken which I find a new blend and I fucking love it so much oh my god is it good
0: I think um, it was more so just to have consistency so like for example if I seasoned yeah. it one way and then like let's say I run out and I can't find that anymore and then that changes up the consistency maybe in a period of time when he needed me to be locked in um,
1: yeah, um, I think like that, something like that is a bit more in the world of prep um, or cutting. Yeah. Um, because it's not just like when you're in prep, it's not just um, keeping calories down. It's also keeping like number of ingredients down and everything too. Um, because you don't want to be digesting a million different ingredients at once, um, which is what like these, some of these seasonings have. So, like, that's one of the first things. Like I only ever use seasonings, and one of the first things I check is one: if it's not sugar-free on the label, what, like, what, uh, like, where is it numerically or like chronologically? Is sugar on the um actual nutrition label? Because uh, sometimes it'll be like, oh, it's zero calories for a quarter of a teaspoon, but like a quarter of a teaspoon is fucking nothing. But then nope. if you look at the nutrition label, it'll say like, oh, sugar is your second ingredient, but because it's not technically over five calories per quarter tablespoon then I actually have to report it. So it's like, this is the, this is the problem we face with these, um, you know, sugars is you gotta, you gotta make sure that, um, that what you're buying doesn't have a shit ton of sugar. And what I have now, it's, it's like a Kingsford all purpose. It's like the seventh or eighth ingredient is sugar. It's like a dash of it. And you could tell that there's not much in it because it's like pure red, like the seasonings, like pure red. It's like (laughs) paprika, it's like paprika and salt. Um, and then I have another one which is rib rack they make a lot of good sugar-free um seasonings that are very basic with ingredients um and this one's a chipotle so i mix it basically it's like a barbecue chipotle that i mix like one-to-one i just poured both tubes inside of a uh, little like tupperware container and then i just like throw that some of that seasoning in a bag and and basically like mix it with the chicken and then just let it sit overnight and it's so good um <laughs> but yeah definitely staying away from sauces is definitely key Uh, cause sauces will add up calories real fast. I mean, even like, even like a one, which people would even realize has sugar in it and it's two tablespoons is 15 calories. But then you put like, if you put that on your chicken, you're putting like 10, 15, 20 tablespoons on there. And all of a sudden you just racked up tons of calories without even realizing it. So it adds up, it adds up.
0: Um, and it's more so the, the, the people don't realize the sugar. And I know you mm -hmm. touched on that, but like that little bit of sugar adds up so much and it's across everything. Mm-hmm. Like when you go out to eat and just, just about anywhere, like I was, I was talking with uh, my buddy who I worked out with yesterday. Cause I got five guys. Um, mm-hmm. The burgers taste good for a reason. <laughs> There's sugar in the burgers. Like, and the same with, uh, I mean, I get the, uh, the shakes from there just cause it's super calorie dense too. But that mm-hmm. little bit is just, it adds up super quick. Oh, so, so much sugar on their shakes. I'm oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, so it's just, you gotta be careful with the seasoning stuff, but granted, like I said, I think that, um, when it came to your plan with your coach, I didn't, re- I didn't, I wouldn't think that seasonings would be too much, too big of a deal. Yeah. But I mean, you know, plan call for whatever it is. Um, I got an update from my coach today which it was really quick. Usually he doesn't update that, that fast. Usually really busy on the weekends, but he has me doing now four days, low carb, one day, high carb. And then now my cardio is 35 minutes every session rather than 30 minutes, which doesn't sound like a lot more, but it's almost adding a whole nother cardio session a week Yep. because I was doing five of them for 30 minutes. Now I'm doing five for 35, which adds another 25 minutes of cardio each week, um, which is like I said, almost a whole nother session. So got that added. So that'll be fun. Um, well I really don't mind. Cause I just end up reading during my, uh, during my cardio and I just bang out books
0: that way. So, um, and are you just really doing like, uh, incline walking or you hitting stairmaster, yeah. or no incline
1: walking is what the plan calls for right now. Um, yeah. which is, uh, I do. So I started out at 12 degrees and two and a half miles an hour. And then every session, what I would do is I would slowly increase the speed And then, uh, so like basically what I would do is like my first session, I did two and a half miles for 10 minutes, 2.6 miles for, for 10 minutes and then, uh, 2.7 miles for 10 minutes. So, and then the next cardio session I go 2.6, 2.7, 2.8. So slowly increasing, um, my walking speed. And then once I was up to three miles an hour for every cardio session, then I started increasing the incline, but now I'm done, done all of that. So now I'm doing 15 degrees at three miles an hour, um, every single session. Um, yeah. So, you know, it it can be pretty taxing. Um, So, I mean, I do slightly use my hands just to make sure I'm staying balanced and in keeping up with the treadmill. Like yesterday, my legs are so sore from leg day the previous day. So I had to really make sure that I was like kind of leaning on the machine a little bit to like just get through the fucking cardio session. Um, So that was interesting. But with everything going on right now in the plan, it's um, it's it's wild. Like I'm, I'm I feel like I'm making almost daily changes. Um, I mean, you were the,
0: saying earlier in the week that you feel like you're locked in. Yeah, like it, it takes roughly
1: two weeks for my body to respond to pretty much anything, including drugs. Even though like a drug half-life might be like technically a day, it I, it really starts to kick in for me two weeks. It's so weird. And it's exactly two weeks as well. So um, two weeks from Tuesday, so two weeks prior to Tuesday was when everything really started up for me um, between mass, trend, test. All the new food, all that, like it really started kicking in from two weeks from Tuesday, uh, two weeks prior to last Tuesday, and then on Tuesday, I noticed it. Like I was just like, damn! I was like, I'm making some progress right right now, and then I'm like, my abs are coming in, but uh, quite a bit more. Um, my vascularity is increasing. Like it just clicked, and then like Wednesday, the same thing happened, and then I got a compliment from the front desk guy, um, completely <laughs> unsolicited, and he's like, your back is looking a lot more defined. He's like, I could really see it happening. Um, and I think I'm getting a little, not crazy, but like a tiny bit grainy. Like it's almost like my skin is thinning is kind of what it looks like. Um, so it's not like I'm getting super, super defined, but it's, my skin almost has like more definition to it in a way it's hard to explain. So my skin's kind of thinning out, but really my problem right now is just lower belly and hip fat. Um, that's starting to show and it's just the baby fat really at this point. So once we lose that, it'll all kind of come together because, my chest is losing all of its fat. I'm getting chest veins again. And, um, you know, my traps will always have veins and my, my legs are losing all their fat. So, um, it's all getting dialed in. We just got to keep pushing for the lower belly bullshit that I have to deal with. Um, so yeah, that's the plan right now, but
0: <laughs> time to go get liposuction.
1: <laughs> yeah. I got to go get, uh, what, what's that shit called? The, uh, cryo freeze or whatever the hell, like the, um, there's this new thing, um body sculpting is what it's called, body sculpting. Yeah. It's like this new like way of losing fat where they freeze the fat cells um through this like almost like big gun kind of thing. It looks like a big massager, you know, like one of those like big massage guns that you yeah. plug in and use. It looks like that, but they like suction it to wherever you want to lose fat and it like injects like super, super cold water or something. I don't know how it works. And then, um, freezes the fat cells. And then like, you're able to, it basically makes them like, not so stubborn. And then you're and able then to you lose load up easier. like
0: a balloon and
1: you roll away. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, um, you're like, uh, that blueberry girl and fucking, Willy yep, wonka. Really wonka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all they do. And then it shrinks back down and you're skinnier than you were before. Um, but yeah, so it just makes it easier to lose. And that's my biggest problem was like, it's not necessarily my fat percentage because it was. On the higher-ish side, um, I knew it wouldn't take long to get my abs back. They're mostly back now, for the most part. Granted, all I really have now is just that stubborn baby fat, and that's what's keeping my lower two abs gone, which is so fucking annoying. Because uh, my top four are pretty are pretty dominant right now; like you can see them pretty consistently. Um, but my lower two is just really not there, which sucks. Um, but time is gonna—you know—that's all this ever is. It's just gonna take time. Um, so, just got to keep putting it in and keep working towards it and it'll happen. I mean, really like I said, it really started kicking in this week. So, I mean, who knows how I'm going to look next week, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it'll be interesting. And that's
0: and that's kind of where my focus shifted to for this upcoming summer months cuz I to we we did make pretty decent strides in terms of Packing on a little bit of size, not necessarily weight, but size. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was with the coach, and a product of that was saying goodbye to the visible abs because mm-hmm. you know increased fat levels and uh, packing in as much you know caloric intake as we could. So uh, for my my timetable is July, so about a month and a half of just you know dicing down without you know giving up too much size just to look good for like a Want like one summer month and then it's back to packing on,
1: yeah. I mean, that's that's part of the hardest part of like you talk to anybody who's ever competed, and that's the hardest part of rebound from a show is that you put your fat back on. And um, Chewy, the guy I used to kind of train with, we'll see what happens in the future because he got a new job and he might be working from nine to five or something, so we might end up training again, but um, he that was his problem because last year, like all of last year, he was lean cause he was hitting different shows throughout the year. Um, granted he had a few month break, um, between, I think it was, it might've been November. I forget. And like his previous show in August. So I think it was like two or three months break where he put on a little bit of size, but for the most part, he stayed very lean all year round. So what was funny was that's when he moved to Charlotte from Rockingham, which is about an hour and a half from here. Um, so all I've ever, all, at the time, all I ever knew him as was lean, you know? Yeah. And I always felt like shit lifting with him because he's so <laughs> lean all the time. But then when he was done with his last show and then rebounded from that, rebound is a good thing, guys. It's not like a relationship rebound. It's like, basically when you're done a show, you want to rebound from it. And ideally you want to put on as much muscle and as little as fat as possible in a short period of time, because your body is going to swell back up and you're going to return to the muscle that you had before. So the goal is to not put on fat really, but to to really get back that mon- the the muscle memory that you had before because when you do prep, you lose a little bit of muscle. It's going to happen. Which is what anabolics helps fight against is losing muscle, but rebound, your rebound could make or break your next show essentially, especially if your shows are pretty close together. And part of being a prep coach is knowing proper rebound protocols. So that's the context there. So yes, yeah, so when he he went into – because he was lean year-round, he never got cheat meals. He had to always stay on plan, like barely any seasoning. Like he was dialed in for like almost a fucking whole year. So he basically told my coach because he's – his coach is my coach. He's like, look, every week I want to get whatever I want for one meal. Like just just go ape shit, like food, dessert, alcohol, whatever it is. Like he's like, I just want one meal a week where I can just do whatever I want. And he packed on the pounds real fucking fast, huh. but now he's like, he's buff and strong, you know? So like now I know him as buff and strong or before he was lean and on the weakerish side, I, I usually at the time, you know, great. And he was still strong. I, I was beating him in some of the lifts, but now it's like, this dude's like, he's like one, I forget exactly what weight he is, but he's also like five, five, I think. So like he's strong as shit because his, his limbs are much shorter than mine. So it's much more difficult for me to lift the weight that he, he can lift because he's not doing as much ROM as I am. Mm. But anyways,
0: um, that's, that's me with literally anybody else that I work out with. <laughs> but, but granted,
1: when we are tall, we have a lot more weight. And because of that, like to you, four pounds, four plates or four and a half plates is what you were used to for deadlifts. That's a lot of weight. You're pushing a lot of weight with that. Um, where if you talk to someone who's shorter and weighs a lot less, that's way more weight, like pound for pound weight. That's a lot more weight to lift. Yeah. So something to keep in mind. I mean, the front desk guy at the gym, I go to strong as shit because he's tall. He's like six, three, six, four, something around your height. And he might be like a little over 200. I have no idea pounds, but like because of his height and overall his build, he just can lift a shit ton. Like he's lifting four dead four plates for deadlift pretty easily. Granted, I'm not um i've never been super strong in deadlifts granted i also do just uh lat focus entirely deadlifts so it fucking fries my nervous system with three plates but um yeah no you gotta don't don't discount your uh your your strength for sure uh, we have there's pros and cons to being short and
0: being tall and one of them well is Jay- my favorite thing that i that i enjoy is that when i do my deadlifts not recently obviously because i haven't done them in a long long time but back when i was deadlifting consistently I I live and die by conventional, and I think sumo's cheating. Absolutely. And um, there was a dude who was deadlifting at a at a you know area right next to me who was on the shorter side and sumo deadlifting. Mm-hmm. And then he watched me load up, you know, the same amount of weight that he did, and I had almost like a foot of height on him and did it conventional. And that was that was kind of a uh, he came over and talked to me about. it. He was like, "Man, that was that was big. They were able to do that conventional," and I was like. I try and tell people never do sumo. I mean the only the only exception is like a glute focused uh like but even, even then I I I stray away from ever recommending sumo deadlifts. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, just being able to do it conventional at 6'4 and move that kind of weight is is pretty ratifying. gratifying. Gratifying yeah. not ratifying. I mean
1: Yeah, the thing with sumo and conventional too is that you're not even like it's not even like proportionately an, an enormous difference between sumo and, and conventional when you're lifting. Like, it's not like I can do sumo and then all of a sudden slap on three more plates. on my like, I'm well, like, yeah,
0: I know that, you
1: know, I'm just saying like, it's like, I just don't understand why people do the sumo. Um, Because you're not like, there's this one video that's going crazy from one of the like zoo culture gyms, whatever. And he like lifted like seven or eight plates and like, locked out and the, the furthest plate almost didn't even touch wasn't even like was almost even mm-hmm. touching the fucking ground. And he's <laughs> like, easy. And somebody's like, dude, you didn't even you barely even got it off the ground. What are you talking about?
0: Yeah. Like
1: he's like you you act like he like failed it the week before but then got it that week and he's just like easy. It's like, dude, do it conventional. You'll never be able to get that fucking weight off the ground. Yeah. Um but yeah anyways that's that's my opinion. But and you know but um, peanut. Yeah. <laughs> And conventional is just the way to go. And I just sumo so dumb. There's no point. Yeah. Of it. Um, but anyways, <laughs> yeah. So with my response, to everything I can tell you for fucking sure, I could see why people get addicted to trend. This shit is ridiculous. Um, I know we kind of pr- talked about it briefly, but it is insane. Are you um,
0: seeing any of the negative effects that we also talked about?
1: No, not really. Actually, I think part of it is because I'm at such a low dose at 100 megs, um, allegedly. So like it's mentally it's really not even there, um which I'm glad about. I didn't think it would be um but I didn't I was you know kind of keeping an eye out to see if there's anything that kind of added to that. and there really hasn't been um any sort of like paranoia or anger added or anything like that. um some irritability, but that's mainly from the master on. I think test kind of adds to it too. um any test is gonna add to your your mental really instability um and heighten your overall um emotional responses to things um so trend really wasn't too bad um or isn't too bad and the the reason i think that people get addicted to it is because even at 100 megs like training feels so fucking good all the time
0: um and is that just from like an energy standpoint or just what's what's the difference
1: yeah, you have a lot more energy going throughout your workout. Um granted I also started taking Carterin again. I was out for Carterin for like a month because I didn't have the money for it, but taking Carterine again, and that helps with energy. but um Tre just it just feels fucking good. It's just like it just feels so good to lift. and it's like the the endorphins and dopamine, whatever the hell it is that kicks in just kicks in tenfold. and um because because trend is so heavy on anabolic attachment, it, it attaches to your anabolic, your androgen receptors within your brain very, very well. And that's the reason why it feels good. And that's the reason why it affects you very much mentally. Um, and it just like, it just feels so fucking good to lift. Um, again, like I said, I'm at hundred megs. it's really not that much. I don't know if we'll increase it over time or if we'll just take it out completely. I have no idea, but overall it feels really good. Um, and I could see why people don't ever want to come off it because When you come off trend, I talked to people about it, but trust like just as I was starting it and there's, they've said that basically trend is kind of like, like you get that feeling when you go to the gym, when you're you're like, you're motivated, like you want to go, like that's what trend will do. And it'll make you want to go to the gym. Then when you're off trend, it just, it just feels like you have to go. Like it's like a chore because you're so used to relying on that motivation from trend that going to the gym after that just feels like a chore. Uh, but it's just normal. You're just back to normal essentially is what happens. So I could see why people get addicted to trend. Um, is interesting because it's a hardening agent. So it's like when I, when I lift and I squeeze, I could really feel my fucking muscles, like tearing my skin. Like that's what Masteron kind of does for me. Um, and like it, like I was doing rag pulls the other day which i realized doesn't really agree with my lats too much i deadlifts actually get a lot more progress from i've noticed um and i like could have sworn i was trying to do four plates into quarter and i just couldn't get it because my nervous system was just fucking fried and like i could have sworn i was going to break my damn rib cage like just squeezing <laughs> my lats so hard i'm like i gotta stop because i'm gonna fucking break a bone which can happen you can you can break a rib by by flexing your lats too hard and that's what I felt like was going to happen. My ribs hurt like the, like the sides and back of my ribs was killing me after. So you got to be careful. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Um, and the food is, um, even though I'm still taking in a decent amount of food for the most part, um, I'm still hungry as shit all the time now. And I just want to eat and waking up in the middle of the night to take a piss. Like my stomach starts growling. So we're in prep. We're in prep for sure. Definitely. <laughs>
0: hmm. Now, would your wife agree with what you just said on the mental side of things? (laughs) Um, Yeah, probably. Um,
1: Like, she knows that sometimes I get irritable and, like, anger can really take over. And I've just told her, like, look, if I ever, like, need to take a breath or something, just give me a second, Um, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. But, like, yeah, it's I just really just need to take a second sometimes and, like, calm down. Um, You know, we had a little argument last night and the anger was really fucking building up. Um, so that's one thing you got to be careful of with, with this stuff is that it can build up. And if you don't have good control over anger, um, over your anger and you're very, um, you have a very short temper is not going to be very good. Um, I know people who blow a fuse three seconds after a little bit of anger is introduced to their system. So like even considering like, not that they would, they're not, they would never, but like, let's say if they were to take any sort of anabolic, it would just make it so much worse.
0: Um, well, that's a joke or that meme of the people at the gym and you like bump into them by accident and they go, <laughs>
1: there's one guy that does that at conventions. He like bumps into the guys and like Intentionally gets the
0: spreading on. Yeah. Breath. Yeah.
1: The like invisible that. Yeah. So it's, it, yeah, it, it can be a problem, but I'm in a place where when I was a kid, I had really bad temper issues and I had to really work on it for years to get them better. Um, and because of that, it's really not too bad. Now I can keep it under control for the most part. Um, there are times where I want to fucking punch a hole in the wall and freak (laughs) out and go lift or whatever, because I'm so angry, but I like, just need to take a minute and I'll be all right. Um, like I did that last night before going to bed, I just read for a few minutes and I just calmed down, um, because I was just so fucking worked up. Uh, so it could be a problem, but I think the trend itself is really not doing anything to me mentally that it could potentially do. Um, I think it's mainly just a mass on and test, which is the majority of my cycle.
0: So, yeah. um, yes, yeah, so that's where I'm at. And you, uh, have failed to give the listeners the last bit of an update that they are not able to see if they are just listening.
1: Oh yeah. If you guys are just listening, um, I buzzed my head, um, entirely. And trim my beard down. It's not shaved. My beard's not shaved, but my head's I'm bald now. Um if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see that. But uh yeah, it's just it was just my the top of my hair was starting to thin. You could start seeing through my through my scalp for my hair. Like it wasn't like I'd have not really like it wasn't consistently seen through it. It was kind of like clumps, like it like you like my hair's curly, so like it'll curl with like a bunch of strands so a bunch of strands would curl and then next to it another bunch of strands would curl so then you'd see through to my scalp and it was just getting worse and worse and my wife noticed it too she was like yeah I've noticed your hair is thinning and my hair was getting long and it was just it was starting to re- I mean it's still receding it's always going to be receding but it was just at the point where I was like you know what I was like I'm just going to go ahead and buzz it I don't want to deal with it anymore it's the summer now essentially down here so I'm just going to buzz it and call it a day so I buzzed it um my wife helped me out with it and uh here we are now and um, I don't mind being bald. Um, I tested it last year to see how I'd look bald because I knew I was going to end up being bald anyways um, one day genetically. So I tested it out to see if I had the head for it because you, you have to have a like not weirdly shaped head to be bald. Hmm. Um, and I think I'm a right bald. I don't mind myself bald. Um, there are some people with some weirdly shaped heads that look weird
0: bald. Yeah. And I know... All the fellas give you trouble for it, but it is a good look, so you'll be fine with it.
1: I appreciate that. Yeah, it's I I, I don't mind people teasing me about it. I really don't care. I find it funny, like that meme George made. That <laughs> yeah, was gonna, of I was about SpongeBob. to say, <laughs> yeah. So, a buddy of ours made a meme where it was SpongeBob, and it was from the movie where the king or the the princess whatever took the crown off the king, and he was bald, and the the fish down below his like eyes were burning from the from the brightness of the baldness, and he's like, my eyes. So they put my face over the King's face um, and like they remove the crown from my head. And it was like my eyes. Cause I'm bald now. So it was funny, but yeah, I really don't I really don't mind. I mean, I know it's not like, like I really like most people say I look better bald anyways, from what I've seen. And I think that like when you guys tease me about it, I know you guys aren't really actually being serious. Like, yeah, like you guys are gonna be like, dude, that looks terrible. Why would you ever do that? You guys are like freaking Mr. clean over here, going to the gym and lifting like crazy. Like that's what (laughs) would happen. You know, it's it's not quite the same.
0: Yeah, no, just giving some lighthearted fun.
1: Yep, that's all. Um, But yeah, so we were talking about ingredients earlier. Um, I did want to talk about my current plan. That's why we kind of transitioned back to that. But the main focus of um, what we wanted to talk about today was nutrition label uh, transparency. Um, Because someone I know that I follow on Instagram and, um, lists around here. Um, he posted about how, uh, like, especially in prep, but you need to be sure that what you're getting from the store nutrition label wise is actually accurate to what's being reported. So, um, what he used as an example was, um, was pineapple, frozen pineapple chunks. And it was reported that on the nutrition label, um, I think it was, let me, let me look it up to be sure. um, let me see if I can find the um, nutrition label of the exact item. So it was frozen pineapple from, I think it was food lion. Um, so let's see here. So one cup was reported at um, 10 grams of total carbs of frozen pineapple, which is 140 grams. Um, so, but if you put in, so this is one cup chunks. Let's see. Um, that's 245. So if saying one cup is 140 grams, we'll say like 0. 0.6 cups or something like that is like, okay, so Let's we'll say half a cup. So according to Nutritionix.com, um, it's saying frozen pineapple, instead of being um, 10 grams of carbs, it's actually 27 grams of carbs um, for just about the same weight, actually a little bit less weight um than what's being reported. So transparently it's not even close. So like the full container, it's saying, let me see if I can put in 2.5 cups. Okay, so it's 2.5 cups is how much is in the full bag. And it's saying 150 calories, 25 grams of total carbs is what's in this pineapple. And the only ingredient is pineapple chunks. That's the only ingredient. But online, what it's reporting is it's 135 grams of carbs. 527 and a half calories versus 150 calories for two and a half cups. Um granted the weight is um let me see. So it's 280, another 60, so 340 grams. This is saying three hundred six hundred twelve 612 grams of frozen pineapple. So even if we did like let's see what this is saying. So if we did like uh 1.5 cups, because that's a that's 370 grams it's still saying 80 grams of carbs versus the 25 that the label is reporting. So, which is fucking mind blowing to me that they can even like get away with this because like, if this is true, like, let's say like they they might be calculating in, Oh, like logistics, you know, you're going to lose some, you're going to lose some nutrition, whatever. And it's been frozen so for X amount of times. So you're going to lose some tr- nutrition there. Um, you know even if they calculate that in there's no shh, no fucking way in hell <laughs> it goes from 81 grams to 25 grams by the time you actually buy it and go to eat it you know um it's it's ridiculous that was just one example so like even though your um like a nutrition label might say something doesn't necessarily mean that that's exactly what's in there and a lot of the time these online databases are like a good average of all these different kinds of like studies run and stuff and you got to consider too that when they say this this website saying frozen pineapple and then others are very similar as far as nutrition label goes or nutrition amount um we see 100 grams for here it's saying 13 grams so like yeah so even then it's saying 100 grams on this website is 13 grams versus the bag was 340 at 25 so like if you multiply this by three and a half almost you're at what like like almost 50 grams of carbs give or take so you're like really stacking on the carbs without realizing it so these these websites you gotta i mean you can take into account that they might be talking about like cutting pineapple and then freezing it versus like the all the processed pineapple that's in that bag but this is just an example because if this this in this situation, if they're going to be like, Oh, this is completely wrong. Like this is like, even though this says, you know, 25 grams for the bag and it's just one ingredient, like, what are you going to get when you have a million ingredients in there? You know, like how far off is it going to be when you start adding in shit? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the problem we're facing.
0: And there's also been, you know, plenty of examples of manufacturers lying or just straight up not doing what they're supposed to nutrition label wise so the you know the the best rule of thumb that we advise on like a this is like the most basic level if you don't even read nutrition labels is just keep it very simple foods like the ideal you do you want to be avoiding foods in general that have an enormous ingredient list because there's just too much opportunity for failure there in terms of like what you're looking for in Mm -hmm. your caloric intake or your macro intake um so just keeping it simple like i mean it's the old adage for gym bros but chicken and rice like just keeping it super consistent and super simple is just the easiest way of handling it
1: yeah yeah definitely um and the, the the argument that he was having when he posted it to instagram was that this is why you shouldn't be basing it off of like the nutrition label itself you should be properly weighing out your food and keeping your food as simple as possible um i mean like a lot of the time when you're getting like um so it's saying actually on average from different links it's saying nutrition labels on average can be up to 20 percent inaccurate according to fda guidelines so like a serving of greek yogurt labeled to contain 100 calories could weigh in at 80 to 100 calories instead so this is why you need to like a lot of depending on your coach, they might like if you have a coach, if you have a nutritionist or something, they might base it off the nutrition label, um, or they might base it off of like actually reported amounts according to different, you know, reputable sources. Um, so that's why consistency is like ideal because like it it wasn't necessarily he wasn't necessarily arguing that like you shouldn't have food line pineapple. That's not what he was saying. He was saying that what you should be doing is you should be consistent with it and making sure that if you are having something that could be, you know, in this case, frozen pineapple, make sure that you just keep having the same thing and basing it off of that food, you know? So like, don't be like, oh, I'm going to have the food line brand and then I'm going to buy the Walmart brand and I'm going to buy fresh pineapple and then go back and forth. It's like, you're, you're not going to be that consistent because each one's a little bit different. So consistency is key. And like, that's kind of where that kind of stems from. Um, and like, that's also why we mentioned like the, the, the complexity of foods is going to play a big role. And that's why the seasonings I bought are very, very simple seasonings for the most part. Like the chipotle seasoning I bought, I think the main ingredient is paprika. And then it's like chipotle pepper flakes like or like whatever. It's like ground chipotle peppers. Um, the other one is like salt. And then I think a little bit of paprika and then something else. And the other seasoning, it's like, for the most part, they're very simple, but then you can get like these like seasoning packs or like, you know, these different seasonings that have like 3 million fucking ingredients in them. Hmm. And it's like, what the hell am I even eating? And it adds yep. up so fast. Um, so like, honestly, that's why, the, hmm. honestly,
0: the recommendation I give in terms of seasoning, and I know it sucks, but just make your own seasoning because a lot of what you're paying for when you buy like these blended together seasonings is just the work you don't want to do. (laughs) Yeah. Like if I I have a little printout sheet that I keep in my kitchen and you know, to get like a chili seasoning, it's not as complex as people think and they'll go for like the, the efficiency of just going and buying it as the pre -pre blended uh, seasoning. But to just do it yourself takes like five minutes and a measuring cup. Like that's all it takes. And So I recommend you know just making your own.
1: Yeah, something to consider too in that aspect too is that you're gonna get a lot of time the better bang for your buck if you do make your own seasoning because yep.
0: you can buy it in like, bulk.
1: Yeah, you can buy it in bulk, and on top of that, these companies they're using the same ingredients that you are, and then they charge a premium for blending it and labeling it, putting it in, in its own bottle. It's the so name. It's like, yeah, yeah. So it's like you're you're paying for these this company to essentially blend the seasoning that you could really just make at home, and like most of these seasonings you can buy the same ingredients in the same fucking aisle as these seasonings. And granted, you're not going to know the exact blend that they're using proportionately, but like you can get pretty close. Um, so, I mean, that's why before I was doing plain, um, I was doing plain chicken and then putting on Kinder's barbecue blend because it was like salt was like the main ingredient. And then it was like a couple other, like, like paprika, paprika is most of the seasonings that I eat. I love paprika. It just makes it, it gives it that barbecue flavor to me. Um, And then a couple other things that really wasn't that complex. I mean, I just bought, um, pride foods, uh, cream of rice, uh, coconut cream pie. And like the ingredient list is organic granulated white rice, organic cane sugar. So there's some, there's added sugars in it, but that's on purpose because like I'm buying on purpose because it's, um, it's fast digesting carbs for my workout, natural flavor, pink, pink Himalayan sea salt and the monk fruit extract most of the, most of the sweetener, I would argue is probably coming from the monk fruit. Um, The sugar isn't adding too much, probably just like more of like a um, consistency kind of thing. Um, So, I mean, even though this is like flavored in a good way, it's still not a shit ton of ingredients. Granted, it says natural flavor, but that's probably just like, maybe even just regular ass coconut, like it's natural flavor. (laughs) It's not artificial. You know what I mean? So um, like you can buy, there's so many foods, there's just so many damn ingredients in them. And like, That's also part of the problem with like, um, like, uh, like for, I don't know, uh, like honey buns or something. It's, they have so many ingredients in them. There's so much going on at once. Um, not to mention everything that's in there, that's bad. You know what I mean? So you gotta, you gotta be careful with what you're buying and you gotta understand what's even truly in there. Um, and then also understand it proportionally too. So like, for instance, my plan calls for 56 grams of, um, cream of rice or grits. And in this case, one scoop is 47.3 grams and pride foods focuses on specific, which is this brand that actually focus a lot on bodybuilders. That's kind of what it's built for. Um, so they're very specific with the scoop. It's 47.3 grams. And so if I do one scoop that equates to just about the same carbon take that I was taking with grits. So like, just because Like or like grits and cream of rice. So just because it's a different form of cream of rice doesn't mean I need to do fifty-six for this cream of rice as well. As long as it's the same rough caloric intake based off nutrition label that they give. In this case, it's pretty simple and they're known for focusing on health conscious people, then I'm gonna kinda trust a little bit and um go based off this and just do one scoop versus fifty-six grams. Because if I do more, then I'm gonna end up having more carbs. So it's 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 this weird world we live in, especially in America. Here, uh, if you're in the UK, which I know we have a lot of UK listeners, um, we're talking in terms of our laws and our you know FTA regulations and all of that. Over there in Europe, you guys have a lot more regulations um, than we do, and I know that you know if you guys come over here, the the taste and food is completely different. Everything's completely different because we have so many di- fucking like bullshit ingredients and shit that like the doesn't <laughs> regulate where in the uk um I don't, I don't know exactly who it is that governs that over there if it's like a uk like if it's a, um eu entire organization or if it's a uk specific or whatever but i know that's a lot more shit that's banned over there like high fructose corn syrup you can't get i'm pretty sure in europe they don't allow well it.
0: i was i was about to say and you know high fructose corn syrup is in this but when we were talking about like foods that are complex for absolutely no reason Um, I immediately, I know why I was thinking of, uh, you ever see uh zombie land, the movie? Yes, of course. where he's just chasing the Twinkie the whole time. And, uh, the, and, you know, Twinkies have been over time, you know, called the, the apocalypse food because they never go bad. Um. And so then I've, I've just pulled up the uh, the ingredients list on a Twinkie. And it's it's a paragraph, man. There's there's so much. And then the very last three or four is like wheat, egg, milk, milk and soy. And that's the last <laughs> one. Everything above it. And for anyone who doesn't know how to read an ingredient list, whatever you read first on the ingredient list is what's most prevalent in there. So it's kind of like whatever you read first is the most in there. And as it goes down, it gets less and less and less. Yeah, and, proportionately, yeah, yeah. So there's
1: more definitely. sugar in Twinkies than there is water. There's more water exactly. than enriched flour, so exactly. on and so forth. So even though sugar might be like five percent of it, but it's the most proportionately than the rest of it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but just looking at this ingredient list, it is, it's an enormous package of just stuff blended together, and that. Like the the whole point that it stays good forever, like that there's a reason why you shouldn't eat foods that stay good forever. Food is not supposed to last forever. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Um, I know there's like a 20-year shelf life. It's not forever, but it's still a very, very long time.
1: Yeah, that's not supposed to happen. It's all the preservatives in there that make it last so long. Um that's what I'm talking about. Like that's what I was mentioning, like the honey buns earlier, like the hostess shit and whatnot, like or like little Debbie, like it lat they have so many ingredients in them. And that's part of the reason why it's so unhealthy is because you're, you're like digesting so many different things all at once. Um, It's just, it's too much on your system. We're not supposed to eat that way. Um, But like the, the other thing to not buy into too, I think is bullshit. I mean, I don't know how the UK is or any other country for that matter. Um, Organic. Organic is such a fucking marketing term. It doesn't mean shit. Mm -hmm. Like organic nowadays really does not mean anything. When it first became a thing, it did mean something. It meant there was like no pesticides and it was naturally grown and there's not like all these really added shit to it, but like something being organic is really not worth the extra money because it's so incredibly easy to get organic foods. It's like, it's like, um, like passing a blood test. It's like you can prep for a blood test and then all of a sudden after your blood test, start smoking weed or whatever it is after like you know like like a drug test for instance like it's you can pass the test for organic because like they come to your farm and check to see if it's organic to allow you to put organic on your labeling and then when they're gone you can go right back to what you were doing before you know it's it's bullshit um it doesn't really mean much um i mean depending on the source it can but it's so incredibly easy to get or to make it organic and really organic is just a marketing term just because something's organic doesn't mean it's good for you, you know? So, um, that's another term to keep an eye out for. And like, there was this whole hype. I remember back in like the early two thousands where everybody was trying to get everything that was organic. And it's like, dude, that just, it just doesn't work that way. It's like, just because you're buying organic fucking Marciano cherries or whatever, doesn't mean that you should be eating them. They're full of sugar. Like it's like,
0: yeah. <laughs> um,
1: so you gotta be you gotta be careful of that too. I mean, I don't know how other countries work necessarily, but here it's it's a problem. Um and nutrition labels are just so fucking whack. Um I mean, they're easy to read, but like, um
0: Re- reading it's one thing, believing it and like actually staying true to it is another thing because like like what I mentioned earlier, the the different like lawsuits of companies that either advertised incorrectly or printed incorrectly is is a huge hit thing. So like I'm looking at uh in 2013 um you know the the naked um brand where it's that they do all these like different fruit drinks and whatnot um oh yeah, they, yeah yeah uh, they say here it says that uh they were <laughs> i mean i haven't seen one of these in a while or i mean i've never actually bought one but um they were printing all natural uh all natural fruit 100 percent fruit non-gmo And in reality, they weren't even using real fruit. They were using, you know, like genetically altered things um, and Mm -hmm. that they weren't at all printing what they were or they weren't producing what they were printing. So Mm -hmm. that's why like reading a nutrition label or reading just like a label in general is one thing, but then having it actually be true is a whole other thing. And obviously not everyone has access to a lab, like, for example, I do like, hypothetically, if I wanted to get a food tested, I have access to a lab like that in this area. Um, but other people, like if you live like (laughs) New Hampshire in the woods, something like that, you don't Mm -hmm. necessarily have access to a lab. You can just go and send some food to.
1: Yeah. It doesn't, that's incredibly expensive to see what's actually truly in something. Um, and looking back so to to add to what i was saying a minute ago about the nutrition labels so like looking at uk nutrition labels on the front supposedly on the front of front pack nutrition labels are used so on the front of an of items they have to give you certain information so like and they're color coded too in the us they're not the only thing that's really provided on the front is like the ca- calorie content for one serving and on top of that is like sometimes maybe sugar if that's like a marketing thing but here it says you have to label these fats, saturates, sugars, and salts, and then the actual energy, which is the, the calorie content and the gigajoules that the actual um, calories will equate to. And if it's green, that means it's low. If it's amber, which is like an orangey yellow, it means it's medium. And if it's red, it means it's high. So like, for instance, this is a burger. It's medium in fat, medium in salt, but it's high in saturate. So it's red. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's clearly, you can see clearly like what's bad about it. What's good about it. Um, this is from NHS.uk, UK, which might be like the governing body for, for health. Um, so like there, that's also different in the UK too. Um, let me see British nutrition foundation looking at labels. Yeah. Their, their nutrition labels are very different than the way ours works. Um, cause will be like, it'll say fat, and then it'll say of which saturates, and then it'll go by grams. And it's like incredibly, incredibly accurate. Like it's like 0. 0.3 grams of the fats is saturates. So overall it's 1.5 grams of fats in this food. I don't know what this food is. Um, but of that point of that 1.5 grams, 0. 0.3 of them is saturates uh, for hundred grams. But then each slice, which is probably bread, it's probably bread, um, each slice, which is 44 grams, it's saying it's 0. 0.7 grams of fat and 0. 0.1 grams of saturates. There's no way in hell we'd ever be that accurate
0: because- And that's another thing, like when it gets to that small proportionately, they're just not even printing it at that point.
1: Yeah, so like th- that's another problem with our nutrition labels is that they can technically round shit if it, like, like for, for, okay, so for instance, like the seasonings. That's what I was saying, you got to be careful because if a, of a portion size- is technically under five calories. They don't actually have to put that. It's five calories they have to put, they can put zero calories because it's technically under five. So they can round down a zero, but if it's five or higher, they have to label five, 10 or whatever. If it's a good company, they'll actually label the exact calorie content. Just like, um, like pride foods. I think it's, it's 160, but like their scoop is 47.3. So I think they're doing that so that they can keep an easy one sixty. Um, But like, with the um with the portion size they can mark the portion size in a way so that it doesn't look like you're taking anything in like the i can't believe it's not butter butter spray shit mm. it says like one spray is like zero calories but who the fuck is putting one spray on their food exactly you taste it like you're they say oh it's one spray is, per, is a portion but like that probably keeps it under five calories if you're doing 15 20 sprays you're probably adding a bunch of calories to whatever you're eating. Um, and that's how the seasonings work. That's why you got to really read the nutrition label and what ingredients are in there because quarter teaspoon is fucking nothing. That's so little amount of seasoning. You're not going to put that much seasoning on whatever you're eating. There's, you're going to put a lot more to actually taste it. So to say, Oh, it's quarter, quarter of a teaspoon is zero calories, but our second ingredient is sugar. It's like, this is bullshit, you know what I mean? And I've seen ones where it's a quarter teaspoon and it's five calories. I'm like, damn! Like you, you put some, you put that food, that seasoning on something. You're really racking up the fucking calories, dude. Like it's insane.
0: Um, That's why you actually have a better understanding of food if you buy a single serving, uh, like item. Like for example, if you. If you're comparing, and I don't have them in front of me, but like if you're comparing like a box of mac and cheese versus a ready to go single serve mac and cheese, that single serve one is going to have the more accurate label because that you know you're eating that amount right there. Whereas Mm -hmm. with the box, they can report that smaller amount. Um, And that's where like you know when when the FDA started really pushing for the the uh, words nutrition label um in the you know 90s early 2000s um people figured out how to skirt the law that's just how it is and Mm -hmm. they you, you see it in a lot of these you know candies sugar things um you just that's why you have to be so so careful like I make it a point not to eat anything that I think has added sugars whether it's printed or not if I look at it and I think that it's going to have added sugars, I just stay away from it. Um, So uh, an example was like a friend of mine uh, at work. So we're teaching and, uh, you know, during one of our prep times offered me a Jolly Rancher and I said, no. And they were like, what do you mean? And I was like, it has added sugars. And she was like, oh, well, it it says only has, you know, three grams right here. And I was like, yeah, I get that. But either it's going to start with three grams and then build up to something more, or that's not being properly, um, printed. So I'm just not going to do it because there's, there's no real benefit for me. Yeah. You gotta be,
1: you gotta be careful. And, um, it's just, it sucks that like, I've also said a lot of the time too, like you said with the, with the, this is actually, I'm looking at this label calorie labels are often wildly inaccurate and they're looking at a single serving like mac and cheese thing or something. Um, and it's like the, what sucks is that they really don't push for shit like this. Like the FDA is such a joke. So for those that aren't in the US, the FDA is the Food and Drug Administration. It's the governing body behind how food is, you know, marketed for nutrition and, like, they are the ones who run the studies on what's proper nutrition for the average person. They they're the ones who came up with two thousand calories for women, twenty five hundred calories for men, um, stuff like that, right? So, but what's what's ridiculous is that the FDA, like, really 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 cherry picks the shit that they want to focus on and i think it also kind of comes from like funding and lobbyists and stuff like that politics and stuff like that yeah exactly it's a political it's basically a political organization um because it's like for instance right like dmaa which we've talked about is an ingredient within what older pre-workouts you can still get it today but it was pretty prevalent in a lot of like nootropic pre-workouts which nootropic is focused Um, DMAA, somebody died from because they took too much, right? They took too much. They had a heart issue. They had a heart attack or something. I don't know the exact story, um, but they died from it. I'm pretty sure it was one death that made the FDA blacklist it and you can no longer produce it as an ingredient for pure workouts. Dude, you're going to get upset over one guy who took way too much with a pre-existing heart condition, but you're not going to ban like cigarettes who kill people every day. Like it just, it makes no sense like really though, like the FDA really doesn't truly care about health. Otherwise they would attack it very differently and we would have very different ingredients in our foods. And that's why you go to any country outside the U S actually, I think high fructose corn syrup is elsewhere, but if you go to any country outside the U S like they almost always use cane sugar for their sugar. And like most countries don't use high fructose corn syrup because it's so bad for you. And there's just actual health conscious organizations that truly want people to be healthy. And in the US, it's just not the reality. Um it's just, it's just not, it's not good. Um, but the FDA allows that 20% difference. So it's not like like you can't they're not holding people accountable for not being act ina- for not being accurate. They're saying you can be twenty percent inaccurate. So of course they're gonna be lower twenty percent than higher so that people buy their food and they can market it as low calorie or whatever.
0: And for anyone who thinks Just hearing us say 20% is a small value. 20% is a huge value when you start, you know, going with upper end or not upper end, but uh, foods that have higher, already higher printed values of things. So like, for example, uh, a can of Coke, a can of Coke, I want to say it's like a hundred something grams of of sugar that they print in a can of Coke. What does it say? Uh, I know it's Coke. Yeah, yeah, but, but I I know it's absurdly high. Oh well, okay, not as high as I thought, but still, um, thirty nine grams of sugar—that's a lot, and, of, and, which is a ton. And we're talking yeah. about a little, you know, twelve ounce can, or yeah, yeah, what is yeah, twelve ounces, it's twelve ounces, yeah. So, tw- the twenty percent ratio on that. So if we say thirty nine times, you have a potential for almost it's it's eight grams rounded up of potential variants that you have on that and (laughs) that that and that's on a little can that's a little can now if you take and i know because i'm in especially from the gaming community let's take that two liter bottle (laughs) oh gosh all right where is it here we go um okay well it's per serving size so it's going to be they're going to print the exact same thing but if we can get the total amount on there uh let's Mm -hmm. see so, OK, so here's here's the flavored one, which is cherry, which I know a lot of people drink, you know, flavored stuff as well. So we got 42 grams and then six servings per uh, two liter. There's oh, my God, I hate this number. And then times the point two, you have a potential for 50 grams of sugar. That's unaccounted for in a two liter. People feel through
1: two liters pretty quick when yeah. I was a kid in yeah. between high, like when I was a kid in high school and I was drinking a lot of coke. I blow through two liter in a few days. Yeah, because I absolutely. Yeah,
0: we could. I could do that in a day. I remember doing it in a day. <laughs>
1: yeah, you can blow through pretty quick.
0: And we're looking at, and you know, twenty percent. Someone, you know, a listener could be like, "Oh, twenty percent—that's nothing." There's still, you know, almost three quarters left. But then it's like, well, you know, <laughs> that fifty grams that you just missed out on, or not missed out, but potentially intaked without even realizing it that adds up super quick. And, mm. you know, that's just on the sugar side of things. Like Paul was talking about the carbs earlier, especially when you're in, you know, like Paul was talking about in a prep when everything has to be dialed in. You're not dialed in if you're if you're getting that level of variance for it.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's why you, you ideally want to stick to single ingredient foods as much as you can um, and weigh it out properly. Like, that's why... I like my, my coach mostly does like grams, but sometimes he will say like four and a half cups of rice or four and a half ounces. But like ideally, especially if you're weighing your food, you want to go as minute of a weight measurement as you can to be as consistent as possible. That's why you go by like ideally grams. Um, grams is way less weight than an ounce. An ounce is a lot more weight than grams are. Um, you know, it's a thousand gram- grams per kilo and one kilo is 2.2 pounds roughly. So, we're talking like a big discrepancy here. So like my scale can do grams, but it also does, it goes by 0.1 ounce increments. So I can do 0.4, 0.5, 0.6. But if I do grams, it's a lot more accurate. So like a lot of the time I try to do grams. And then like for another thing to consider too, is like cups versus weighing something out. So like my egg whites in the morning, which I had before recording today is technically one and a half cups of egg whites, but one and a half cups measures out to 300 milliliters. Um, almost to the dot. So I do 300 milliliters versus a cup and a half, because like even measuring cups aren't aren't, aren't going to be 100 accurate, and you got to calculate the men- meniscus and shit. And it's like, dude, this is ridiculous. Um, so like that's why you got to weigh it ideally, and like th- my my weight scale is a fucking champ. I use it so much, and it <laughs> is so beat
0: the shit. Um, I think, I think, uh, maybe like a, when we went down for the wedding or something, we were talking in person, you were, you were like, I'm surprised it still is alive. I use it so much. It's so scratched
1: (laughs) up. Like it's a, it's got a metal top to it and the metal is like losing its color. Like (laughs) it's crazy. It's I've used it so much. Um, I'm so particular on my food scale because I use it 10, 15 times a day. So I got to make sure it's a good food scale and it's backlit numbers. That's so huge. Um, and then also my other problem is I got to make sure that the actual surface area of the scale is big because you can get a small scale by accident. And now it's a bitch to weigh everything because it's all hanging off the fucking scale and whatnot. Yep. So like that's a pain. But um, yeah, you got to be careful of, of, sh- of inaccurate scales and like even fucking weight scales. I don't know if you've ever experienced this um, weight scales almost like lose their accuracy over time like like for instance my weight scale right now every single time i weigh myself it's saying 202.7 i'm like there's no fucking way i'm the same weight today as i am yesterday what same, uh,
0: what kind of scale is it is it a is it one well, that just purely measures based off of you standing on like a pad or is it one that like i have an electronic one that shoots signals through me and measures me based on that instead of the true weight style. Well,
1: yeah. So that I have two. So I have one that has the metal bits to it where it like measures your body composition. Yeah. How accurate it is. I, I doubt it's even remotely accurate, but yeah, but I'm saying in, ter- but in terms in both of the of them, weight. Yeah. Yeah. in both of them, it's a glass and there's, they're on, you know, you put them, put it on a flat surface and you stand on it. It's a digital scale. Um, I probably should get an analog scale. That's probably a better idea. Um, but I bought so I had that one because it measured your body composition. is really not that accurate, but I just got it just to try it. And then that only measures in 0.2 pounds increments. So it's only like 199, 19.2, 99.4. I bought the one I have now because that scale kept saying the same thing over and over again, no matter what I did. I could take, I could take off, I could put on whole clothes, my phone and my headphones and it would say the same scale as I was, if I was butt naked, so I could <sighs> say the same way. I'm like, what the fuck? There's no way. There's no yeah. way. And then my scale is doing that. Now I fucking put it one way on my floor says two 2.7. I put it the other way to two a 1.9. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, <laughs> why does this ha-? like, it's not like my, my floor is uneven or anything. It's fucking, we have, um, I don't know if it's even real wood. It's like a wood paneled floor. Um, I'm not even sure if it's real, real wood. It might be fucking uh, laminate. So it's. I know it's flat, but like if I put it horizontal to the wood laminate, it says two two point seven. But if I put it vertical, it says two one point nine. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And this one, <laughs> this one I got because it records in 0.1 pound increments. So I'm like, yeah. which one is true? Like I don't fucking understand. Um, So maybe I should just get an analog one or something that doesn't require a battery or some shit. Maybe the batteries make it less accurate. I don't know. But yeah, um, yeah, that's also a bitch too. Like you got to keep an eye out for different different like food scales and stuff um, because some of them are more accurate than others. Uh, And that's why like ideally you want to get as accurate as possible with your food scale. That's why like um, anybody who knows anything about illegal substances knows that anybody who sells weed or sells drugs or anything like that, they use um, one of those – like super, super accurate, uh, like 0.001 gram scales. So they make sure that they're selling exactly the weight that they need to be selling at. Like those are extremely expensive. So the more accurate you get, the more expensive, expensive it's going to be. It's like a triple triple beam balance scale are extremely expensive because they're very accurate,
0: you know? So I'll say though, from the non, so the bodybuilding side, obviously you need to be locked in and dialed in with every single thing, but from a lifestyle perspective, I'd say that just getting, you know, your Walmart brand scale is doing enough work in the sense of what you need it to be, because, you know, not everybody is trying to get stage yes. ready and trying to dial in. So, cause I know that, you know, some, some of our listeners aren't in the bodybuilding world, which is totally yeah. fine. And even, you know, you can get like, a, I think walmart sells like a seven dollar one that works just fine you just have to change the batteries like once a year and uh as that'll get the job done because you're really just looking for your overall so like if you're taking in like seven ounces of chicken it'll get you roughly seven ounces of chicken so Mm -hmm. i think that as long depending on what your goal is you're able to get away with certain things like paul obviously needs the the one that's gonna give him the exactly what he needs whereas you know myself even now i don't necessarily need the super dialed in one because i'm not like i'm still obviously progressing in you know a heightened sense in the gym but i'm not doing it to get stage ready with a coach so i don't need to Mm -hmm. be as locked in as paul is i think if you're
1: just going to be doing lifestyle stuff i think the biggest thing is just at least measuring it will be a big step Um, measuring it and keeping the same measurements for everything you take in. Because like, for instance, like cereal, I think it's like one cup is one serving. So like at least measure the cup, you know what I mean? Like don't just go eyeballing in a bowl. Um, And then if you get a food scale, I think my biggest recommendation is have a big surface area so that you can put different like, um, you know, porcelain or whatever on there. And then also just ideally have the numbers backlit because I've bought a scale before that the numbers aren't backlit and it's such a bitch to see them. So just Nothing get back worse. In that Nothing's
0: spirit. worse than the big plate and you're like trying to peer into the little oh, like, I hate that. slit of trying to see what you've halfway. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that happens. That's
0: that's what happens every day when I get
1: I have my steak and my potatoes every day and I have to put a big plate on there and like I have <laughs> to like put it just right so I can see the numbers but then also like add food and make sure that it's like yep. accurate, you know. So um and then another thing to consider too which we haven't even touched on yet is micronutrients too. Um, obviously like supplementation is going to kind of make up for this a bit, but you shouldn't, ideally you don't want to take as, you don't want to take supplements if you could avoid it and micronutrients and understanding what micronutrients are in what foods is going to play a role as well. Um, so something to consider too, is like the difference between, uh, rusted potatoes and sweet potatoes almost entirely is because of the micronutrients. I've asked my coach that I'm like, Hey, I hate sweet potatoes. Why is it that we're taking sweet potatoes instead of like you know, rusted potatoes or whatever. And he just said, it's just the micronutrients. He's like, it's just a lot more micronutrient dense. You're getting a lot more vitamins out of it. You're getting, you know, better minerals as well. So that's the reason why we're having sweet potato instead. So that's something to consider too, is that like the different versions of different foods will have different micronutrients in them. Um, And vegetables play a big role into that. That's why you got to have your vegetables. And if you're ever interested in, bodybuilding really at all i think one of my recommendations you should check out is um i think it's muscle and fitness magazine does videos where they follow a bodybuilder for a day and what they eat it's like uh food for the day i forget what it's called but almost all of them have like no vegetables every day like it's it's so weird um they have zero vegetables um some of them do, some of them don't. I mean, most of them don't. A couple of them do, but like most of them never have vegetables. And like, that's a big thing you really need to be having is vegetables, some sort of green. Um, I'm even dialed into the point where like, I can only have certain greens. Like I asked my coach, I was like, hey, can I have peas? And he said, no. <laughs> I was like, Bullshit, all right. Uh, I think it's because of the calorie content I think it's just really high in protein. And I don't need that extra protein, but um, it's like certain greens will do a lot more for you than other greens will too. So something to keep in keep in mind is micronutrients which is vitamins and minerals.
0: Yeah, and like Paul was saying too, you can also get achieve that through supplements. Like I mean, obviously Paul and I are in a, you know, different world than just the regular, but um you can supplement with a lot of like I think I take six different supplements every day, something like that just to, you know, make sure my micros are locked in for the day. <clears throat> because that also will plays a huge, huge role in recovery. And I know we've talked about it in one of our previous episodes where we talked about macros and micros and specifically what they do for you. Um, but it certainly is something to keep an eye out for. Um, something that I found when I was looking through the, uh, the research articles too, was, um, when going out to eat too, and cause you can get like nutrition labels for restaurant foods. Like that's something that's, you're able to go online and look up. Like if you went to let's say like I don't know, Uno's or something and you get like a brick pizza from Unos, you're able to get the nutrition label for that. And uh they were saying this this is from the FDA too and it's saying and this is absolutely wild, but and I quote, some individual restaurant items can contained up to two hundred percent of the stated values. (laughs) That's insane. Absurd. So Obviously, you know, the Coke thing is the numbers we used earlier, and I'm just gonna use it for the sake of understanding just how wild that is. But if we ran off of a off of that 39 gram sugar thing, and then I mean two hundred percent of like that I don't even want to do the math, but that's a ridiculous amount of non include like what's not stated in the uh, what's being reported, and granted, I don't know many people outside of myself that actually look up what they're eating when they're at a restaurant. Um, so this is you know a pretty small percentage of people, anyways, that care about this. But there is an absolutely absurd amount of food or uh, not food, calories, and macros that aren't being reported when you go to a restaurant. Um, and then it even says here that free side dishes increased provided energy to an average of 254 or 245% of stated values for the entrees they accompanied. So if you get like, you know, can I, do you want the, the complimentary soup on the side? That's going to jack it up too. So Mm -hmm. it is just wild to think about that. There's, so I had
1: to look this up. There's a video where this guy went around. Um, I forget, I don't think it was the U.S. I think it was somewhere else. And he said, there's sonic which is a fast food chain here in the us um they're known for like american food basically and they're known for like pulling up to like this like panel thing that you sit in your car you press this button you order and then they bring it out yeah they they used to be on rollerblades so i had to look it up to see it exactly and he said what do you think the calorie content is in this peanut butter fudge large shake from (laughs) from sonic I'm already worried. It's a peanut butter fudge. So we all know peanut butter is pretty calorie dense, there's a lot of fat. We already know that. Fudge is pretty calorie dense from sugar and there's a large shake and he said, what do you think the calorie content is in this? And people were actually guessing pretty high. There were like a thousand calories, 1200, 800, whatever um, on supposedly based off of their nutrition label PDF, which you can get from the internet for free in the peanut butter fudge, large size for their shake. Is, so
0: this is what's reported by them
1: or not reported yes this is what's reported by Sonic okay. themselves 1940 calories in that one large shake what? um a thousand of that which is a little more than half 1050 calories of that is from fat just the fat <laughs> which is like the peanut butter mainly so it's like you're like it's insane cuz you don't realize how much you're putting in your body and like that's why whenever i go get like a refeed or something like that my coach is just like always like stay away from fried foods because it's the food and then they fry it in oil yep the grease tons of oils all within the food and that's what makes it so bad for you is the is the oils not necessarily the food itself like if you got like fried chips at a restaurant or something the chips themselves aren't terrible they're just sliced potatoes it's The frying it that makes it bad, you know. Yeah. Um. So like the the nutrition content is going to be completely off because they're adding all these oils to potatoes, and like that's why if you ever go out to dinner with like other twenty four piece Asian sweet boneless wings is twenty one hundred calories. Um. If you ever go out to dinner with like a bodybuilder or someone who's very 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 health conscious, you oftentimes see them ask for something to not be cooked in oils or butter. Like if I were to get get a steak, um. If like I got I got to have a burger on Sunday because it was my my birthday. I got a bison burger, but what I asked my coach, I said, "Hey, can I go get a steak with vegetables, but just as they don't cook it in oil and butter?" Um, and they will; they'll do that, you know. So it's like they they douse these meats in oils and butters to make it taste better and cook easier. I mean, if you ever cooked steak, you know that it it cooks amazing when you when you use butter with it and yep. oils and stuff, so it cooks better. Um, Peanut butter and cookie dough, Dream Master Blast large, which is ice cream is 2,100 calories. Um, So it, it adds up a lot. So you got to be careful of that too. And, you know, they they don't really have, like, they'll say, oh, this is the calorie content on their nutrition label, but that's there's no way it's fucking accurate. They're <laughs> eyeballing the oil they're putting on it. And, you know, so like where the, where the meat, the cut of meat is coming from is going to vary the calorie content. I mean, like you buy, if you buy ribeye, some slices of ribeye some cuts are going to have less fat than others um so i mean it's even just like the cut of meat that you're getting is going to have a variance in in overall calorie content just based off the fat itself um so you got to be careful of that too
0: yeah it's i it it actually like disturbs me whenever we do an episode like this because we start to i mean we we both have a fairly good understanding of it but then going through the numbers and actually yeah Doing the math for the different uh, proportions, it actually disturbs me because it it the amount of people that don't actually do the work of just reading and understanding nu- the nutrition label and then understanding that they're being you know a little bit deceived when it comes to that. There, that's why we have the obesity rates that we do here in the states. Like we lead the league we <laughs> we lead the league in terms of obesity and technically, no
1: Australia technically has the worst.
0: Yeah, well. They're, but. Bun- they're a bunch of, you know, wild animals over there. <laughs> but um, it's it's just, it, it's frustrating. Then when you bring in the gym side of things, you know, we obviously, even if you're just lifestyle side of things, you are probably at the point where you're um, monitoring yourself fairly closely for what you're intaking. And then one slip up can have you completely reset because the big thing that we preach is consistency. and if you're like, Oh, I'm going to go have like a rice crispy here because I'm, I feel good. And I want to have something like a little cheat. And that one thing can just spiral you because your consistency is completely gone. It's, it's, it's no bueno. And, Mm uh, I was, I was looking deeper into the study here that I quoted earlier and it's from the Boston area. They did 39 restaurants in the Boston area. So this is like a home for me. And, Mm -hmm. uh, the caloric, uh, measures that were being given was just radically underneath what they were supposed to be um there's the, the they posted a chart within the uh within the study that measured the energy so you know for that's measuring calories and uh restaurant foods consistently and i mean consistently for uh, let's see there's about 30 Thirty studies. to... Oh, wait, no, they they said it. Thirty nine studies, um, and about half of them are above and substantially above. Whereas supermarket convenience meals, so that's like those prepackaged uh, things you can buy at like market basket or whatever. Those things mm-hmm. are relatively closer to what they're actually, uh, you know, printing, um, but the restaurant foods are just that much further off the scale, um, and so. I mean, granted, we don't – tell me if you do, but we I don't go out to eat a ton as is. Like, mm-hmm. I cook so much of my own food, and if I do go out, it's like I have a very, spe- like, specific place I go, and it never changes from that. Like, I'm not going and trying new restaurants very often, and for me, that allows me to avoid a lot of this stuff, um, but – when you get into this, you know, deep into the world, you're not actually going out all this much. So it doesn't really affect us the way that it does.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's... I rarely go out, but because I'm so dialed, then if I have anything off plan, I feel like shit. We'll bite up yeah. something, we'll completely throw me off. And I feel like crap and just get bloated and whatnot. It's just, it's crazy. Um, but, I mean, I think the biggest thing with all this, ideally, you, I mean, ideally... I think going out should be a treat um, or like eating out should be a treat. You shouldn't be doing it regularly. Um, and when it comes to cooking food at home, yes, there's going to be discrepancy. And I think that you need to understand that and ideally buy as simple as foods as possible. But also consider that the more consistent you are, the less the variance is going to matter. Um, so if you're having the same thing every week, even though you know I have the same thing every week, but even though I'm buying, I was actually buying food line pineapple, frozen pineapple, because I only have pineapple once every four. Well, now once every five days, I was having it once every four days. So buying fresh pineapple just logistically made no sense because by the time i go to have yeah, maybe my third serving, it'd be gone. Like it'd be toast, you know? So frozen makes sense for me. Same with my blueberries. I only have three ounces of blueberries a day and none on my rest days. So it, made, it makes sense to buy frozen. So even though it might not be 100% accurate and FDA allows 20% a- inaccuracy, which for where we started this conversation was that frozen pineapple and it was like double, more than double the amount. Yeah, I don't know how accurate that would be because the FDA only allows a 20% discrepancy. So there could be more to it than just like like that website, like I said, might be saying, you take fresh pineapple and you freeze it. And then the water inside expands or whatever. So the grams actually go up, whatever the hell it is. Um, So like, however it works, I'm not sure. So like, there's obviously something being lost between, you know, cutting the pineapple, you know, you know, processing it, freezing it, whatever. There's going to be some, some stuff lost. A lot of the juice is probably lost as well. So how accurate the difference is between the label and the website, I'm not sure. But what matters is that whatever I'm having, I'm consistent with it. And even if it is off from what's the reality, at least I'm being consistent with the same thing over and over again. Mm. Um, and that 20% discrepancy over a longer period of time goes down to almost not, almost nothing if you average it out. Um, and that's I think the reason why they allow a 20% discrepancy. I think they should allow a lot less, no more than probably 10%. But um, they also are very lean with how you calculate it. They do like they have like this estimator for like. For companies to use so you'd be like oh it's one cup of flour one pound of beef and then you know one cup of whatever like you put it in and they're like they like you pay like a 100 bucks or whatever and it comes out with the actual nutrition label then you put that in your on your um on your packaging so like it's a pretty lenient system you can get it tested properly but that costs a lot of money and most companies won't do that
0: um so well, can can you imagine being that person at the fda that tests for the 20 percent variants like how how like we're getting you know a little disgusted just talking about it but imagine being that dude that goes yep well this is uh within twenty percent sure it's gonna cause some kid to get diabetes in three years but it's within twenty percent so we're good (laughs)
1: technically legal it's fine I guess and then and then the thing is too it's like if they are not even within twenty percent all that's really going to happen is a slap on the wrist and a fine. That's really yeah. all that happens. It's not like anybody's going to get arrested. The, the company's not going to get shut
0: down. It's like, and, oh, here's a fine. Fix and that's it. even that's even if they're caught. I'm willing yeah. to bet dimes on the dozen that there's multiple, if not hundreds, of companies that are just getting away with stuff because, like we talked about, how the FDA is very political as well. Like just companies that have backdoor like agreements in place, and it's like, all right, we know we're not going to get tested for this. Let's Let's send in the cheap food. Like uh, there has to be deals like that in place, oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, it's just um, it, it's the
1: discrepancy is way too big. Uh, but again, like I said, if there is a discrepancy, usually it's twenty percent less. But if you are being consistent with it, at least in the long term, it averages out to very little amount of error. Um, and especially if you base it off of what the supposed actual tests have been. So if you buy the food line and you say okay this is what is, this is what the actual tests have been, this is what it's saying let me base it off of this rather than what's actually in this food line bag or what I probably should do what I really should do is buy actual pineapple and then freeze it that's what I should do cut it and then freeze it and then take No out what I you eat.
0: Sh- what you should do is grow your own pineapple be a man
1: Yes <laughs> yeah that's a good idea
0: um yeah so in in the climate of south carolina (laughs) yeah where
1: pineapples grow in abundance here (laughs) um we just have a lot of bamboo that's what we got um so i think if you're just being consistent on something whatever the accurate version of it is that's all that's really gonna matter um there are articles out there while we're talking about this i was browsing this article where this guy was saying, yeah, there's a 20% discrepancy, but he's like, this is my food intake over the past month. And he said, if you average out my caloric intake based off of what the actual reported numbers are between the company and what the real numbers are, he, his like error, his margin of error was like less than 1%. He's like, because some days what he ate was more inaccurate than other days, but some days were extremely accurate. So at the yeah. end of the, at the end of the day, If you're having roughly the same food, your margin of error is going to be very low. Um, So that's really what's going to matter the most. But again, you need to understand that the more complex your food that you're buying, the more chance that it's going to be even harder to predict what the actual nutrition truly is. Um, and that's where like that estimate gets even harder to do, because like I said, the FDA, you know, you go in, you put in what actually is in it. And then it comes out with an estimate, the more amount of ingredients in the food, the harder the estimate's going to be. And again, it's just an estimate. It's not 100% because, you know, geographic regions of where something is grown where something is raised is going to play a difference. Climate is going to play a difference or it's going to play a role. Uh, logistics is going to play a role. Um, whether or not you freeze it is going to play a role. Like there's so many different things that play a role. Um, in what you end up getting in return. So like like fresh fruit from studies has actually found that there's less micronutrients in fresh fruit than there is in frozen fruit because it loses its nutritional value as it's transitioning from farm to table. Um, where with frozen food, it locks a lot of that nutrition in and is then shipped with that nutrition locked in and frozen and then you eat it from there. So that's another thing to consider too is that Sometimes like that's why I buy frozen vegetables and not fresh vegetables because I want all the nutrition in there I could possibly get um, where I don't want my f- vegetables go fucking bad after two days because they were just shipped out. I'll bring it here and then thaw them and then eat them. Um, but that's not the case with all things. I don't want my chicken frozen at all. You know, I want it fresh the whole time. But again, it just it comes down to um, understand the differences between what you're buying and what you're really getting um and you got to be careful with marketing because that's going to play a role in what you buy
0: yeah and that's why also like just keeping it like paul was saying consistent like paul and i eat the same thing basically every single day and it's boring to some people like some i've had some people ask me like why don't you like do you not enjoy eating food and i was like i enjoy eating food it's just the goal at mind is it outweighs the 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 wanting to go eat something like fancy or whatever. Um, so the consistency, like with that study where the dude was saying there's the 20% variance, but I'm still locking in because of the consistency. That's what we need to do. More so what the point is out of this whole episode is like, if you can lock in, consistency wise and if it's not seven days a week maybe like four or five days out of the week you're you're dialed in with like your your primary meals and whatnot and then maybe on the weekend is when you're starting to slip up a little bit you can recover from like a Saturday of eating you know shit or something like that
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's I mean that's I mean in the bodybuilding world it's like it's really frowned upon to to cheat on weekends because you're kind of undoing a lot of the work that you did during the week. So you kind of, it's hard to make progress when you're cheating on the weekends, but if you're lifestyle, if you're just focusing on lifestyle goals, then cheating on the weekend is going to be fine. Um, and this discrepancy really isn't going to matter as much, but you need to be consistent. And ideally, like it's not even necessarily um, – like I said earlier, it's not necessarily consistent in what you're eating. It's also where you're getting it. You know, if, like you eat one brand of thing, just try to stick to that one brand. You know, I get Thomas English muffins every single time, not because they're better or worse than other English muffins, it's because that's The consistency, I yeah. Yeah, it's just, that's just what I eat. And that's what I have every single time. Is Dave's Killer probably better? Yeah, chances are. Um, but that's not what my body's used to. My body's used to English muffins. And like mm-hmm. when it comes to bread... Like I don't have regular slices of bread. I have Ezekiel bread because that's what my body's used to digesting at this point. Um, changing to Pride Foods cream of rice—I've had it in the past and I've responded well to it, so I know it's fine. But like, if you know you're responding to regular cream of rice well, like from you know Ben's or whatever from the store, stick to that. I mean, I hate it. That's why I don't buy it. It's fucking disgusting. But like, you want to stay as consistent as possible, um, and I think that's really just where our conversation a lot of our conversations really just go down to that it's just staying consistent and it holds true for fucking most things we end up talking about
0: i think it was a couple months ago maybe one or two months ago i uh, mentioned that i went and got dominoes for the first time and like i know it's probably close to like half a year at that point and my body straight up just rejected it i was right on the bath, <laughs> like i was in the bathroom the whole time like right after eating it and if you dial in consistency wise with your regular intake you're gonna notice things like that Mm -hmm. so we talk about these inflated you know nutrition labels and whatnot and if you have a dialed in diet you don't even need to check a nutrition label you'll know like your body will straight up let you know that you messed up and this thing is not what you think it is um it's because like Paul was saying, with uh, how your body's used to digesting something over and over and over again, and then you change it up a little bit. If it's, you know, within a little bit, like I'm sure with the bread, you could probably get away with making that switch. But if you decided like one day to go from, um, for example, if you went from 93 or higher lean beef and then decided to, <laughs> for price purposes, go get 80% beef, uh lean beef, your body would probably just be like, Well, <laughs> you're not you're not surviving this one, buddy. And to yeah. the bathroom we go.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's why like um on my meal plan I have options, but when it comes to like steak, for instance, I'm only supposed to have sirloin or um yeah. uh flank or sirloin is what I'm allowed to have because you 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 gotta keep the fat levels relatively consistent. Um it's hard to find flank down here. I feel like I never find flank. So I just end up getting sirloin sirloin tastes pretty good. I love sirloin, but um, yeah, I mean the fat content will play a big role and um, like, that's why like people argue like what's better tasting fat or whatever. When it comes to like beef, like I'm like, dude, trust me when it comes to beef, you want like 80% lean. Like if you want it (laughs) to taste good, if you want it to taste really good, but then if you have like 99% lean beef, it's like fucking terrible. Like it's a straight beef. Like it's, there's no fat. And it's a big, 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 big difference that people don't realize when you, when you get like, like if I go to my in-laws and we're, we're making burgers, like we get 80%. I don't have them, but like we get 80% because I'm like, trust me, this is what's better. Like, you don't want, like, you don't want 73. That's way too fatty. And you don't want like 90. That's not fatty enough. Like the ideal spots, like 80. Um, Yeah. But then like, how accurate is it? 80%. Like who's, who's fucking testing that? You know, it's like, how do you know it's actually 80% lean? versus twenty and twenty percent bat versus not, you know what I mean, um, and like this also kind of bleeds into this whole conversation bleeds into like supplementation as well. Um, one of the biggest things that I've always preached about supplementation is that whatever supplements you get, ideally any good company who actually gives you efficacious doses will, which efficacious means actually like usable doses that are like bioavailable. Um, that's a term we got to talk about in a second. Um,
0: next episode, tune in next week, (laughs) y'all. Yeah.
1: Bioavailability the whole time. No, but, um, (laughs) when you're buying a supplement, it should be transparent. What do they have to hide? And if they're hiding behind a proprietary label where they don't tell you how much is actually in anything, it's like, oh, the whole scoop is nine grams and this is what's in it, but we're not telling you how much of each ingredient it's bullshit, you know, where if it's transparent and they actually tell you exactly what's in it for each ingredient and how much then they know that what they're providing is a good quality item. You know, it's a good quality supplement that has efficacious doses. Um, I haven't watched it. It's fucking so long. An hour and a half video for more plates, more dates, um, talking about their new energy drink for Gorilla Mind. Um, and he talks about it for an hour and a half, which I just, i just don't know if I could listen about one drink the entire time. <laughs> but – he did he did that because he wanted people to understand that even though like in a sense, he's an influencer, that doesn't necessarily mean that what he's providing is a good product. So he made a long video about it because he's like, this is a good product. It's every single ingredient is efficacious. There's a reason for, you know, the alpha GPC or whatever being binded to, you know, it's 50% alpha GPC, but they increased it to this amount because of 50%, like it, the bioavailability he goes into in each ingredient. And it ends up proving to be a good a good supplement or a good drink because it's actually efficaciously dosed. Um, but then you get like shit companies like C4 or Cellucor is a brand that I really promote against. They have some good stuff that I respond to well, but they're not transparent at all. Their C4 pre-workout is so fucking proprietary. Like you have no idea what you're taking in. The only thing they really label is the um, is the caffeine because they have to legally. They have to tell you exactly how much caffeine is in there. But the rest of it is proprietary, you know, it's so it's like, what am I even really taking
0: in? You have no idea. You just know and the ingredients, And that's been my beef with Celsius, too. I mean, I know I've vented in the past about how I don't like Celsius, but that the fact that companies can slap the proprietary blend label on there and then just be like, well, enjoy what you're drinking. You don't know yeah. what it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. That's why, like, when it comes to energy drinks specifically, I try to go the route of like just like straight caffeine and ideally natural flavoring if I can. Um, But yeah, there's some that are out there that are fucked. Um, And like, that also kind of goes into like um, sports drinks too, like Gatorades and whatnot. And it's like, people don't understand the use behind them, the electrolytes and how that, you know, operates within your body and the salt and everything. And what's funny is that Gatorades, there's two and a half servings in one fucking bottle. It's like, dude, what? Well, I mean the bigger (laughs) bottles, not like the regular, like the fatter bottles, but it's like, who's having like, perfectly one serving <laughs> yeah <laughs> i can't judge that so you got to be careful of that as well because there's a lot of sugar in it for a reason but there's a lot of sugar and it, it's and how electrolytes work and all of that people don't understand and i
0: mean i also use it for the for the fast digesting carbs uh intro yeah, the workout. Yeah,
1: yeah that's what they're designed for that's what yeah. it was originally made for was the gators in florida for their performance or their football games you know
0: so but Gatorade. I want to drink Gatorade because it makes my tummy hurt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it, it makes me feel better.
0: Um, I'm like sicky wicky and I need Gatorade.
1: I need ginger ale because it makes me better for some reason. <laughs> for no reason at all.
0: Yeah.
1: Which <laughs> um, ginger ale really doesn't even actually have ginger in it, it's just fucking artificial ginger.
0: Yeah, everyone just should drink. Ju- just drink tea when you're sick. That's all you need. I don't even,
1: I just drink water. And like coffee, I do my normal shit when I'm sick. (laughs) I
0: I boil water and I drink boiled water. That's it. Yeah, (laughs) I want to feel the pain of the boiled
1: water, not the pain of my sickness. (laughs) I don't want to feel stuffed. I want to feel pain. (laughs) Third degree burns, please. So I focus on that. (laughs) Um, Jesus. But yeah, so it's just like, and then even fucking, I remember that they taught us it, and I think it was middle school or high school. But like, if you don't know how to read a nutrition label, that is so bad because you're just buying based off the packaging and what the food is. You know what I mean? It's like you have no idea what you're actually fucking taking in, which is such a bad thing to consider. And Anybody another thing too. Label.
0: And another thing too is that the no, those nutrition labels are based off of, you know, a 2000 calorie diet for gals, 2500 calorie diet for for gentlemen, and it's like when you're in the, I mean, I don't know by you, but my caloric intake is supposed to be north of thirty six hundred, and uh, mine's a
1: lot more than twenty five. Yeah,
0: yeah. And so while that doesn't necessarily apply to uh, the the grams of things included, if a lot of people just look at the percentages, because people will see um, the the like, especially the sugar percentage, and see, it'll say, "Oh, well, this is you know thirty percent of your intake for for sugar per day based on the twenty five hundred diet." and if you are doing anything but the 2500 diet that percentage does not apply to you (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that's something that people also don't really realize is that you can't just run off of those and that's obviously with the 20 percent variance too so if, if you for example you are in a calorie deficit and you're reading a nutrition label that is off of a 2500 um calorie intake which is every nutrition label and you see the and you read just the percentage and it says this is 50% of your carb intake for the day and you buy that eat it and you're supposed to be in a calorie deficit so let's say 2200 or something like that you're looking at like 70% and then with the 20% you're now looking at potentially your just entire carb intake for the day
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and um I was gonna say something else to add on to that too. Um, oh, that's what I was gonna say. It was the the twenty five hundred and the two thousand like potential diet from the FDA is bullshit? They're saying that men are supposed to take in three hundred thirty five grams of carbs a day. That's what they're saying. I'm How like, much? Three hundred seventy five grams a day. I'm hmm. like, most bodybuilders don't take in more than fucking three hundred. Like, yeah, that's ridiculous. Let me let me see if I can find it. Um. Uh, FDA's daily intake, uh, daily value versus percent daily value. I just want to know what the fuck the actual daily value is. Um, okay. Daily value. Okay. So this is updated. So this is, this is newer. Let's see. Okay. We don't micronutrients. You just take in as much as you can. So they actually have, so this, I don't know when the original was. So it's saying the original daily value, which was. Let's see if I can find out when that was. Um, It's saying so the region, there's a daily value increase, changes for nutrients, um, increase, decrease, say the same. Yeah, so this is is just like, this is before and after. I don't know when the before was or when the after was. I know we changed our nutrition labels in 2016 um, to change the look of them, but it's in the new daily values. We're actually supposed, our new daily value every day is 50 grams of sugar. Wild. That's supposedly our new daily value, we should be having zero. That's what it was before. Yeah. The original daily value was, was zero is, added is that, sugars.
0: Okay, added sugars. That's what I was going to ask. If it was yes, added, added natural, sugar. you
1: can have natural sugars, but added yeah. sugars was zero. Now it's um, now it's fucking fifty. This is all changed. Jesus. So supposed to find the original. Can you
0: imagine a country not that's not the U.S. looking at that and saying, or, or just looking at that and seeing that our average per 2,500 calorie is supposed to be 50 grams of added sugar. That's absurd. They would laugh at that.
1: So this is, this is back in 2016. So this is what was updated in 2016 with the new, with the new label. So like for instance, there is 36 grams of carbs before, which was 55% of our daily intake that same label now. So this is, I guess chicken pot pie frozen dinner, 36 grams of total fat, which is one pie. And there's four of them in container. That's 55% of our daily value. Now it's 48%. So it's higher now. Like it's like the more we can take in is higher now than it was before. Um, let me zoom in here. Um, now it's saying sodium actually went down. It was 1060 for 44%. Now it's 46. And then it's saying sugars. So carbs, total carbs was 59 grams. So both, both labels say the exact same ingredients, but the percentages are different. 20% is 59 grams. Now it's 21%. So we're supposed to take in less total carbs, but it's saying we're supposed to take in more dietary fiber, which is good. But then it says added sugars is now a percentage where before we're not even supposed to have added sugars at all. Um, yeah. So I it's think saying.
0: A, mm-hmm. I was just going to say, I think a lot of it too is the, the under or the general perception of what people think weight loss like attributes to so like we talked about how in the what was it the 60s uh the the focus was on how how to remove like fat from your diet and um now it's it's people focusing on either reducing carbs or reducing sugar but these these values change just based on what people are saying and thinking at the time so i'm sure that you know 20 years from now god if 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 we ever reach the point where someone tries to tell me that I need to lower my protein intake. (laughs) I, I will, I will lose my mind then.
1: Um, yeah. So I actually went down in carbs. It's saying 300 grams for women before. Now it's 275 grams added or grams per day. So it went, that went down at least. Um, protein stayed the same. 50 grams is the, is what you're supposed to have every day of protein. Yeah. Are you shitting me?
0: I eat way more than that.
1: I have that much in one meal. Yeah. Like that's one <laughs> that's my pre-workout is 50 grams of fucking protein. Like dude, yeah. that's not you're supposed to have. The average person should have way more than 50 grams of protein. You should you should probably we should probably move like carbs now is at 275 grams. We should move that down to like 150 and then put another 125 from Into the carbs protein. onto protein. Yeah. You know how much that would change for people in the US like it, like if we had to make that the requirement for the daily intake like yeah. not that really would change overnight but like if people actually followed followed that it would be a very very big difference
0: yeah in
1: how people live their lives
0: well that too also assumes that people outside of the fitness world care about what they're um eating <laughs> in terms of nutrition labels and and calories and all that which i like to think optimistically but i'm a realistic person at heart and i know that the majority of people are not taking this level of care for their diet so that that also adds to it that we won't ever actually see like even if the recommended you know diet changes like we just suggested for the fda it's not like that will be even you know listened to by the by the majority of people
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah no i agree i agree um So this is, okay, so here's the actual food components. I think this is, so this is based off a 2000 calorie diet um, for adults and children over four years old. So four years and older, pregnant women and lactating women um, where any children from one to three should have a thousand calories. And I think children under one should have even less than that. Um, I think it's like probably like 600, 700 calories. So 2000 calorie diet, it's saying we're supposed to have 78 grams of fat which is a lot. 20 grams of saturated fat, which really shouldn't have fucking any of that. Um three hundred milligrams of cholesterol, that's fine, I guess. Um, grams of carbs, which is a shit ton. Twenty three hundred milligrams, so two point three grams of sodium, which was a lot. Twenty-eight grams of fiber, which went up. I think it was twenty five and now it's twenty eight. The more fiber, the better. Um it's it's a it's a net neutral um it's a net neutral carb, so it really only can really help. It doesn't react to your body the same way that like regular carbohydrates would. Um, like you talk to somebody who's on keto and they'll tell you that it's like dietary fibers. So like when you take in net carbs every day, like you take in 30 grams of net carbs for keto, for instance, you can have 500 grams of dietary fiber. Not that you would, but you could, it doesn't yeah. necessarily count as an actual carb. Um, protein is 50 grams and then added sugars is 50 grams, which the fact that we're supposed to be able to have 50 grams of added sugars is ridiculous. So they said total carbs is 235, but added sugars is 50. So even though we went down in total carbs with the 2016 change, we went 50 grams up in sugar from zero. That is,
0: that is purely, purely FDA marketing with big, big companies. Like there's and, no way that there's... I understand having a certain level of added sugar intake, like a very, very minute amount, but just a little bit. Like I can understand like under five grams. And natural like that. too,
1: like natural sugars. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, natural sugars are, I, I mean, those are in our diets regularly. Like I eat an apple every morning. Like for me, that's yeah. that's a good way to kickstart my, my body's levels. Um, but the fact that the recommended is 50, that <laughs> there's... <laughs> This is supposed to be coming from the agency that protects us and keeps us from being, you know, obese or keeps us from or or, or, sorry, helps us to maintain healthy lifestyles. And the recommended uh, dosage from those people is 50 grams of added sugars. There has to be something in place with that. I mean, obviously, I'm a bit of a conspiracy person, but there's just no way that the agency that's supposed to be helping us the way that they you know advertise not even advertise just publicized um is promoting that kind of lifestyle
1: yeah i i'm looking at it here there's there's a whole fucking insane amount of information about how the fda defines added sugars like it's paragraphs of shit but basically the long story short added sugars is anything that's more than what's expected to be in the food itself um So it's anything added um, to the processing package as such and included sugars and include sugars, free mono and disaturides, sugars from syrups and honey and sugars from concentrated fruit or vegetable juices that are in excess of what would be expected from the same volume of 100% fruit or vegetable juice of the same type. So if you got like bottled orange juice versus fresh squeezed orange juice, the added sugars would be the difference between those two. Um, Yeah. Is what they're saying is the added. Um, and then I'm like, honey is naturally occurring. I think that's okay in moderation, but then like syrups shouldn't really be having at all. Syrup shouldn't be a thing. You're getting it from oak trees, which is not even actually syrup. It's fucking um, like, what even is, what even comes from the oak trees? It's not actual maple syrup. It's like maple.
0: It's the runoff it tap it's it's something I, yeah. I i couldn't tell you i'm not that deep in that world
1: yeah it's like it's like a maple sugary substance i think from the maple trees like a sugary water or something that they build the syrup off of um so you shouldn't really be having syrups anyways and most syrup that people buy is fake anyways when you try real syrup it's fucking amazing but um the fact that they say that we can have added sugars now is just absurd um yeah, declaring uh, the nutrition facts label declaration of added sugars for single ingredient foods and cranberry products. Why did they single out cranberries? <laughs> <laughs> those pesky so little crans. <laughs> yeah, those cranberries. Are We're going to label them as added sugars. We they Inten- didn't pay us in, money.
0: And yeah, that's what I was going to say. Intentionally targeting groups that uh, are not supporting the narrative,
1: <laughs> specifically cranberries. <laughs> Crazings are the devil. Regular <laughs> raisins are fine because Sunmade paid us. But not, uh, but not. What's, what's that one in Massachusetts that's huge for cranberries? Um Sunblast or I forget what it's called. It's a blue packaging. Um, I
0: haven't eaten cranberries in a long time, so I don't know. Yeah, they make
1: they make cranberries and craisins and stuff. Um, I forget what it's called. It's in Massachusetts. It's a bunch of a sh- bunch of juices they make too. But it's like they didn't pay us, but Sunmate paid <laughs> us, so raisins are fine, but not crazins. <laughs> Those Google assholes Hoopers. didn't pay us any money. Meh.
0: We're okay, let's, we're we're gonna get flagged for a conspiracy on this on this whole episode. <laughs> they can suck it.
1: If the FDA gets mad over people being upset about added sugars, they can suck it because
0: well, let's it's, try and get someone from the FDA on the show.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the actual rep, like an actual rep for the FDA. Why the hell is there added sugars in there? Give me an actual, genuine, good, good reason. Like, give me a good reason. <laughs> like, why are we allowed it? Like, I can understand it's part of people's daily food, but you should be allowed to have it as part of your daily intake.
0: <laughs> Just open up the conversation with you've committed crimes against Skyrim or people. What say you in your defense?
1: <laughs> to the gallows.
0: <laughs> um, Yeah, there's this whole PDF here about like –
1: about syrups and like cranberry juices specifically because there's a bunch of added sugars I guess in cranberry juices or some shit. But it's like that goes for every single juice. Cranberry products discussed in the guidance are those where the added – the addition of sugars is intended to increase palatability and for which the amount of total sugars per serving is at a level that does not exceed the amount of total sugars in a comparable product with no added sugars – I mean, I guess they're saying that, like, you have to add sugar to cranberries because cranberries taste like shit. But I'm like, <laughs> no, they really don't. Like, you ever had a vodka cran? You ever had a Cape Cod, bro? Just put yeah. a cranberry in there. Good enough. Oh. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's stupid. The FDA is a fucking joke. It's such a joke. I've been saying it for years. And it just gets
0: worse and worse. And- oh, that's what I mean. Like, that jump from essentially zero to 50, like... That's absurd.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's no reason for that, and it just they they've been a they've been a joke for the longest time, and they're just going to keep being a joke, and they're never going to change their ways. It's just it's ridiculous. Um, It's
0: like that's like when we got the uh, added to the U.S. government the space force to keep us safe from. uh... (laughs) Okay,
1: here's my little opinion on that, real fast. I understand why he wants to create. He wanted to create a space designated. Um, military, military branch because yeah. because each branch did have space like departments that would like send up satellites and shit for like their monitoring and whatnot. So he Trump's idea was like let's have one branch that does all of that, who yeah. operates entirely with space equipment and has that specialty, um, versus having like people spread out throughout each branch. So I can understand it was just dumb. It was like Space Force, <laughs> like it's it sounds like a sitcom. Like it does it doesn't well, sound like I highly recommend.
0: I highly recommend everybody go watch the uh, the Netflix series, uh, Space Force. They, isn't they that... Take, it, it's uh, Steve... Um, Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Right? And he, yeah. they do a really good job parodying it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got to check that out. I think it's the same people as The Office. I'm not a big fan of The
0: Office, though. Um, uh, I mean, the cast isn't identical. Not, I mean, there's I, I think it's the same actually... producers or something. Oh, okay. It's something like
1: that. It's not the same cast. It's just like same producers or something behind it. There's also the one with Seth MacFarlane too. I forget what that's called. Kind of like a parody on Star Trek. Um, But yeah, no, it's, it's just, I mean, it changed in 2016. So I don't know. It might've been, I don't know if there was a Trump administration that did that or whatever. I think he was towards the end of 2016 that he was in office. So I think it was the Obama administration. And Michelle did that whole like healthy eating for kids where they just got rid of it. it, There was no healthy eating in schools. Like, there was no healthy foods. They just got rid of the bad, like the worst foods. It's like, you're yeah. still not good. <laughs> you didn't actually change anything. You just got rid of some shit that kids like. Yeah. Now everybody's mad at you. <laughs> Let's have more and focus that goes on down, class.
0: That goes down in history as, as their legacy.
1: Yeah, they're, Michelle's going to be known for pissing off students in middle school and high school.
0: I that's I remember solely back when I was in school. That's why I didn't like them. I didn't know anything about politics. I just knew yeah. that. You took away my Twinkies.
1: Yeah, you <laughs> took away the, the pizza that we had. That was yeah. already terrible, but at least we could look forward to it. It wasn't the worst. <laughs> you got rid of those cheese sticks that were hard as rock, but not <laughs> as terrible as everything else.
0: That was primary ammunition during the food fights. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, you just pelt people with them. They're like fucking torpedoes. (laughs) Just long ways. You throw them like a football and just fucking fucking smack them in the face.
0: Poke someone's Um, eye out.
1: Yeah, with a cheese stick. Cheese stick. (laughs) Yeah, like a breaded cheese stick. It was mostly bread, too. It wasn't even like a lot of cheese. It was mostly bread. (laughs) Ridiculous. I do not miss that shit, let me tell you. Nope. (laughs) Um,. But, yeah, so, I mean, really just make sure you guys understand what you're looking at and use other sources other than the nutrition
0: label to see what's actually what the hell they're, you're eating, you know? Yeah, independent studies are great when it comes to that.
1: Yeah, there's not a lot, but if you could find one for a food that you're eating. Definitely based it yep. off of that, ideally. So, got to be careful out there. You never know what we're intaking in the U.S. U.K., you don't got as much of a problem. EU, you don't got as much of a problem. Other countries, you don't have as much of a problem as we do. Australia, you guys are <laughs> you're, you're in the same boat as us. So <laughs> if you're from Australia and you're listening to this. Do the same thing we're saying, but yep. everywhere else, you know, do whatever you need to do um, based off of your guys' laws and how you guys' da- uh, daily values work and stuff like that. But we should not be taking the 275 fucking grams of carbs a day on average. <laughs> That's ridiculous.
0: Yep. All right, guys. We will uh, be seeing you guys next week. Yeah. Thanks for
1: listening, guys. Yep. Bye, everybody.
0: See ya.